everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We want to invite you to learn more about the heart and vision of City of Lights. So check out our website at cityoflights.church and find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at City Lights Indie. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy today's message. All right, this morning, we are beginning a new series. Uh, first of all, can we give a shout out to my man Josh Heeson for bringing the word last week? I just, come on, y'all, we can do better than that. I know. I, I tell you what, I was so grateful. You know, I was supposed to be out of town, supposed to be in Florida because of the hurricane. Oh, Hurricane Mike. Um, I ended up here, and I'm so glad that I was because this, that word, that impartation of his testimony was so encouraging. And now I know if I ever am on some hard times and need to make some quick money in the billiards, I got the right guy. <laughs> and he can play, but with faith, right? I mean, he's just bringing it. If things get hairy, he's going to lead them to the Lord. I know, I know it. Uh, but he brought, brought a great word. But this month, you know, it, there's a lot of spirits floating around. I mean, you see all of, you know, at Home Depot and Kroger, there's all like the Halloween displays. And I love my, you know, you, I mean, I, I don't know how y'all all feel about Halloween. We've got thoughts. That's not what this is about today. But uh, I loved, I, I personally loved when I walked into Home Depot and my son Aaron saw some of the witches in the Halloween displays. He goes in, he starts binding things. He's like, I rebuke you. Boo, witch. I was like, yes, yes, son. You bind that spirit. Uh, but there's all kinds of spirits. There's all kinds of things. I hate it. I hate the fact that you can't hardly turn on TV without ghouls and all this, but it's all floating around. And I thought, you know what, what a perfect time. We're talking about ghouls and witches and ghosts. What a great time to talk about the Holy Ghost. So we're going to talk about the Holy Ghost uh, over the course of this next four weeks. We're going to call this series Ghost Stories. And, um, and uh, yeah, y'all think I'm playing, right? We ain't playing games here. Yes, <laughs> Please. We had a series called Keeping It 100, y'all. We just, we just keep, keep it rolling. Um, so we are in this series. We're coming into this series. And, and the thing that I want you to understand is this. I love these orange lights. Uh, um, what I want us to understand is, is there are, I'll, I'll put it this way, I'll frame it this way. City of Lights, like any intentional community, any intentional community organization has, we have a vision, vision and a mission of what it is that God's called us to be, right? So much of what we do when we come and we read God's Word is we're trying to look and see, God, who have you called us to be? What is your vision for humanity? What is your vision and your mission for us? And specifically here, this tribe and this community at City of Lights, we have a vision and a mission statement. Our vision statement is that City of Lights exists to connect to people, ignite a city, and light the world for the glory of God. Now, when we say connect, we mean we, God has called us. City of Lights is a, exists to connect the people to Christ and community. We're committed to that. 
We are committed to igniting a city. What does that mean? That we want to help people not just connect to the power source, but come alive. That that power, the power of God, the word of God is living and active in our lives in discipleship, in leadership development. That we're being formed by God's word and by his spirit. And that as we connect and that comes alive in us, now we begin to shine like the lights that we were intended to be. And that we light up this city through service and outreach. That wherever and, and wherever you place, God places you, whether it be on campus, in your job, at your home, in, your, in, in the club or the recreational uh, sport that you play, that you would be a shining light full of the power of God, connected to the person of God, and shining the way you were intended. That's what a city of lights looks like. Yeah. Y'all with me this morning? Now, in order to accomplish this mission, we, we have certain values that we believe that as we pursue these, call it our five pursuits, as we pursue these things, it's going to help us to accomplish this mission. So those five pursuits are first and foremost the presence, the presence of God, truth. We pursue truth. This word is truth. We did a whole series, Keep It on 100. It's all about this word is the word of God. Family, honor and joy. Here at City of Lights, we will always, always be about pursuing the presence of God. That is what we were designed to be. We were called, we were made, we were designed to be a people of the presence. It's experiencing the the unfiltered, unbelievable, uh, undistracted presence and fellowship with God. Y'all hear me this morning. Because of sin entering the world, humanity was separated from God. But thanks be to God who didn't leave us in that state. But through Jesus... We can be reconciled. So once again, as we'll talk about it here in a moment, the Spirit of God is not just something that we're just chasing after, but it abides in the heart of the believer. And so I look at this and I understand many times when we think of the Holy Spirit or the concepts surrounding the Holy Spirit, sometimes they can seem intimidating. We can be fearful. We can kind of make a caricature of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's through misinformation no information or abuse. And so we, we, we have a lot of different perceptions. We want to help bring some clarity during this season. Y'all hear me? We want to bring clarity. We want to bring understanding. So I want to start by, if you want to turn to the Gospel of John, if you don't have your Bible with you or it on your device, we're going to have it up on the screen. I'm going to read John 14, 16, 17. Now, this is when Jesus, he's speaking to his disciples and he's giving them a little preview of what is to come. Beginning in verse 16. Hallelujah. It says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus. Lord, you sent your son that he would come as the perfect sacrifice, that he would satisfy our incredible debt, a debt owed because of our sin. 
a debt that we could never pay on our own, that we could never work off. Lord, a debt that we could not be perfect enough to ever pay. And Lord, you gave us your very best, Jesus, Lord, to be crucified and to pay this debt and to rise again so that we would be able to walk in new life, that we would be born again, but not just so that we could just be happy, not just so that we could have a little bit more pep in our step, but so that we would once again be purified vessels for your spirit. Lord, I thank you for sending Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you this morning and ask that you would help us to be more, as the song says, aware of your presence. Help me to communicate this truth this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Zach. All right. I love the Holy Ghost. Thank you. Two people. Thank you. Three with a clap. I love the Holy Ghost. All right? And if that makes you nervous, that's okay. That's okay. I got love for you too. And we're going to help you. Because I don't want to let fear rob a one of you from experiencing all that God has for you. Too often, we let fear rob us of some really incredible experiences, some really incredible encounters. I remember being a kid, and, you know, at times, like, you know, with anything that you're trying for the first time, you know, or even, you know, one of those first experiences, especially if you didn't maybe grow up around Florida, like my son's Johnny, he grew up like in a swimming pool. So that little kid is a fish. I mean, he'll just jump in. He loves to jump. He never, I never had an issue. I never had to bribe him. I never had to give him a toy to jump into the pool. But not all my children were like that. And I think of, you know, teaching a kid or even myself learning how to swim or jump in the water. It's an amazing experience, but sometimes fear keeps you from jumping in. And, you know, it took, you know, me. I remember talking to Isaiah. I'm like, Isaiah. And one of the things I do, I don't know if you do this, fathers. I don't know. It's kind of like you don't get any trophies for how high you can throw your child without dropping them. But I feel like that could be an Olympic event. But I like to throw them up, you know, and, and, and then catch them. And I throw them, and I do this a lot. And one of the things I always bank on, and we have had zero casualties, but I always tell them, I said, how many times has daddy dropped you when I threw you? And they're like, none. I'm like, you can trust me jumping in this water. It's awesome. And with some of them, it's a little bit easier. Like I said, Johnny, he's just like, I remember I was working with Judah on something, and all of a sudden I heard a splash, and I looked around, and I looked down, and Johnny's in the water just going, like, some people, they just jump in the water. You don't even have to tell them. You know, it's like some folks, they get saved, or they come into the faith, they're like, I want it all! I want it all! What do you have for me? Okay, I'll do it, whatever. You know, and it just comes easier. So just, things come naturally. Some other people, there's, there's, we, we have all kinds of things. Sometimes we have fallen before. We have been hurt before. We have been betrayed before. We have seen abuses. Or, or sometimes God has just wired us a little bit differently. There's some of you that God, like, you are feelers. God wired you to be a feeler. So once you you, you kind of get that gut premonition. Like, you're one of those people, people are like, you know, what should we do, this or this? And you're like, mm, do this. And like, how do you know? I don't know. I just feel that. Right? Some of that is it's how God has wired you. It's, it's the Holy Spirit. Some of that is the Holy Spirit. Some of that is God just giving you that, that stirring. 
Others of you, God has wired your brains differently. As some, sometimes as a teacher, to be, you don't want to just do something. You want to understand it. You want to be able to understand more of the details. You need certain things answered. You do have to come to a point where you realize you are dealing with an unfathomable uh, God who is beyond time and space and comprehension. And there is some mystery when it comes to this thing called faith. And yet... He still will answer some of those questions because it's not just about doubt. It's about understanding so that you can impart that. And that's okay. So for you, it might take a little bit of understanding. Like, okay, now, Dad, now when I jump, like, like are you going to catch me and then dip me underwater? Like, what is this going to look like? Like, what trajectory do I need to jump into the water? Do I just fall forward? There, there's things that sometimes have to be broken down. But the main thing I want you to understand is that if you stick around here long enough, you're getting wet. Or it's just going to be real uncomfortable because you're going to see everybody else having fun in the pool and you're just going to be chilling. <laughs> Why? Because God's called us to be a people of the presence. Yeah. And I, I, y'all, when I tell you, I know, I understand, I've seen so many different dynamics when it comes to, the, to, to some supernatural things. I grew up in a very charismatic, a very uh, expressive environment. And one of the things that, you know, I've, I've experienced throughout my life in, in encountering the Holy Spirit, it's not so much necessarily the Holy Spirit, although the Spirit of God, He is powerful and amazing, and sometimes it is, uh, it is uncomfortable for us at times. What I found is that what made me more uncomfortable wasn't so much the Spirit of God. It wasn't the person of the Holy Spirit. It was the person of the person. <laughs> it was like the flesh that was the conduit for the Spirit, right? And, and we've seen all kinds of things. You know, I, I remember even when it came to, like, the topic of praying in tongues, before I had understanding about praying and interceding in the Spirit, you know, my siblings, we would sit, we thought, like, you know, your prayer language was something that you could, like, pick and select. So I was like, we, we'd hear, we'd be in the church, we'd hear people praying, and I was like, okay. And I listened to different peoples to see which one I liked, which one I wanted to select, you know. And there's this lady. She was like, man, she had that helicopter anointing on her, you know. And she would get in it, come in the power. She's like, get 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 you know, or I thought like, see, anointing, you know, whenever I think about the Spirit coming on you, I was like, it, it must be connected to shaking or something. You know, shaking and long O's. So we'd be like, mm, oh, mm-mm, oh. Now, hey, there's times where that might be a response, and it's totally legit, and God bless it. But I also realized that some things that we do is more not because of the Spirit, it's because of the flesh being conditioned to operate in a certain way. And so we, I love the Holy Ghost, and we want to be a people who are pursuing the presence. We also want to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Y'all with me? So that's why when we extend our hands in faith to pray in a moment like we did a couple weeks ago, I don't want to just do it because I don't want us just to be conditioned. I want to say this is why we do it, because I want you to pray with faith. I want you to be able to step and walk in this life with the Holy Spirit with faith and understanding. And no, you don't got to be afraid of no ghost, right? I like saying the Holy Ghost. I know everybody says Holy Spirit, and this, you know, it translates both ways. But I don't know, the Holy Ghost, whoo, when I say Holy Ghost, I just like that, <laughs> right? I just do. I'm not going to be, I'm not ashamed. I say Holy Spirit, I like to go back and forth. 
But we don't have to be afraid of the Holy Ghost. You know, the Holy Ghost, he is, I'm going to go into who he is, but I want you to understand. Let Let me break down really quickly in like two minutes. I just want to hit on what the Holy Ghost is not. Okay. The Holy Ghost is not a symbiote like Venom. If you've ever seen Venom, it's not like we are Holy Ghost. No. The Holy Ghost is God. The Holy Ghost is the third Godhead in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not a boogeyman. The Holy Ghost is not just the caricature of the televangelist that you saw one time that if you spend X amount of money, they're going to send you a hanky that's going to cause you to fall out. The Holy Ghost is not to be trifled with. The Holy Ghost is not a joke. Sometimes when we think about being moved by the Holy Ghost, we, we think of these characters like, I don't know if any of you, anybody seen the Blues Brothers in here? Like three people. God bless you. All the people over 40 or around that. Um, yeah, I know. I know, Mabel. It's okay. You know, we love all the generations. We got to impart this. Um, but even if you haven't seen that, you've seen caricatures. Like you can watch SNL and you think of the caricatures of what happens when people are moved by the Holy Ghost or filled with the Holy Ghost. And in every caricature, a caricature is an exaggeration of something that is true, right? So there are different expressions. There are different manifestations. When we say manifestation, that's a spiritual word word that means expression. You see it. It's made manifest. There are different expressions and manifestations, but what happens is we can just attach Holy Ghost to this caricature and think, well, I guess that, that is all it's limited to. What you need to understand is everything that is in front of you, everything that you see, the flesh that you have, the life that you live is a result of the person of the Holy Spirit. When you look at the beginning of the book and you look at the beginning of God's word, at the beginning of creation, it was the Spirit of God that was hovering over the earth. It was the Spirit of God. God breathed his breath of life after he formed man. It wasn't until the Spirit was filled in a man that we became fully alive. You can't even come into faith in Jesus apart from the Spirit being at work. So we want to understand the person of the Spirit. Let me jump into this because I'm getting excited. All right. First thing we want to talk about is who is the Holy Spirit. So I said this. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. The Holy, everybody say this, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Oh, come on, y'all. Let's say it with some faith. Y'all, y'all, come on now. Say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Is, God. is God. The Holy Trinity is not God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. I thank God for this word. This word is true. I don't diminish the word. But the third person of the Trinity is Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is not just the energy source that comes through us. It's not just like, you know, um, the fuel, so to speak. It's not like, you know, we've got God the Father. He's a good, good Father. We've got Jesus, and then Jesus gave us a new power source. Is Holy Spirit powerful? Does he imbue us with power? Absolutely. But the Holy Spirit is a person. Holy Spirit is God. 
in John 14, as we just said, God is, Jesus is giving the disciples, and they didn't really fully understand what's happening. They're trying to figure this out. They're like, man, how, does this, how is this better that you go and you're going to send someone? And, and what they, they didn't understand the fullness of the purpose and the plan that God had for them. And God is letting them know, I'm sending, I'm going to go, but I got to go because the Father is sending Holy Spirit. And you don't realize what's getting ready to go down, but it is about to go off. Okay, why was Jesus so excited about that? I'm going to explain this. As I said in Genesis, we were always destined and designed to be a people of the presence of God. Y'all hear me this morning. God made us to be in complete fellowship with him. He formed us. He filled us with his spirit. And he made us fully alive. God would walk with Adam in the garden in the cool of the day. I mean, just think of, think of your best friend. Think of that closest friend. Not the one that you got to like put all your makeup or your best outfit on with. Like that's just fun to do sometimes. But the one that you can just hang out with in sweats and you don't have to impress them. You don't have to worry about if you say something the right way, they get you. Y'all with me? that friend, like that level of like unfiltered, like just engagement. Like there's just certain people, like I like hanging out with them, but I'm like, man, if I got to get ready for you, I just don't feel like that right now. <laughs> but like I want that friend, like if you show up and I haven't brushed my teeth yet, you're not leaving me. Like we can hang, we can fellowship. You can be like, hey boss, you need to throw a Tic Tac in. Your mouth smells like doo-doo. But they can be honest with you, but we, it's just, we can be real. Y'all, y'all know what I'm saying? That's the kind of intimacy. That's the kind of presence. That's the kind of engagement and fellowship that man had with the spirit of the living God, with the presence of God. It was just, this is it. We, we're in this fellowship. When sin entered the world because of man's disobedience, and now it wasn't that we were just separated because of our sin, because God is a holy God. He cannot mix with that which is unholy. It wasn't just that our sin just separated us from now. Now we had to go to a place. It was that because of our sin nature and that we were born into the earth, every person that was born and a child of Adam and Eve, we were born with a sin nature. So not only were we separated, but we were now marred as vessels of his presence. Because a holy God cannot mix with the unholy. So what would it mean? If the holy God did come and indwell with us, we would die immediately. Moses, who was, I mean, you talk about a prophet. You talk about the the deliverer of the people that God used. Moses, God warned him. He said, Moses was so close with God. He said, I just want to see you. I want to see your face. If there was ever a man that walked the planet that was close to the presence of God, there was none like Moses. And yet God loved him so much. He said, Moses, I can only show you some of me. Because I don't want you to die. My, you can't handle my presence. And so God would reveal himself, particularly to the children of Israel, as they were led out of captivity, out of slavery. His presence would come, and it would, it would come, and it would fill a spot. There would be an area. They'd create a tent where the Ark of the Covenant would be placed. The Ark of the Covenant was symbolic of the presence of God, and God would lead them And whenever Moses wanted to encounter the presence of God, he had to go to what they called the tent of meeting. It was a place where he'd go and meet with God. 
but yet there was still separation. When you look at the building of the temple, the temple of Moses, the temple of David, there were areas that you could enter. Why? Because no one could truly fully handle the fullness of the presence of the Spirit of God because he is holy. And so they would create the outer courts and the inner courts. And the holiest of holies was the place where the Spirit of God would dwell. And there was usually only one person that would go in to give this offering of atonement. And it was so intense that they would tie a rope around his leg with bells. Just in case homeboy fell dead. Y'all think I'm playing. He'd walk into the holies of holies and if the bell stopped ringing, they're like, dang. <laughs> Pull his dead body out. I, I can just imagine, I, you know, thankfully, I'm sure God, I mean, God gave them instruction on how to set, I mean, God gave them instruction on how to like even set up their tunics and everything. Like you, you, I'm so glad that the whole rope thing wasn't left to trial and error, right? Like the first time somebody fell dead and they're like, dang, who's going in there? I ain't going in. No, I just got married, dog. I ain't going in. <laughs> I got kids. But he was so holy. His presence, his spirit. And so why was Jesus so excited? It's because through Jesus, now, as man and woman are born again through the atoning sacrifice of Jesus, once again, we are now made clean vessels. Why? Because we were meant to be a people of the presence. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to go. Y'all don't even know what's about to happen. I'm giving you a sneak peek into eternity. Because now you've been given resurrection life. You need resurrection power. Why? Because we were made to be conduits of the presence of God. So Holy Spirit, for the first time, when we see at Pentecost in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit came and indwelled and manifest, it was a testament of the work of Christ that he had made us clean. And now once again, people, all people were now vessels of the presence of God, carriers of the Holy Spirit, one in fellowship with God. Y'all hear me this morning. It's all right. If you don't get this all today, that's okay. We got a few more weeks. And you stick around, you're going to have a lot longer than that. I'm just saying. This is such a big thing. See, God desires and he wants you, not just the man of God, to experience his presence. When Jesus said it was finished and the veil in the temple was torn, it was a sign to everyone, hey, everyone has access now. Everyone who is washed in the blood, everyone who receives Jesus as both king and rescuer, Lord and Savior, is made new in the blood of Christ. You don't need a go-between. You don't need another man or woman to help you get in and have access to me. You can experience me. Now, that doesn't mean, I'm not saying, what am I saying? I'm not saying you, it's, God hasn't given us fivefold ministry gifts and that we shouldn't have pastors and preachers and 
evangelists and prophets. Like, we're not saying that we don't have these offices. God gives those. He actually has very specific instruction for those. It's for the equipping of the saints. It's not for the salvation of the saints. It's not so that you have a go-between. That's why I tell people, they're like, Pastor, can you pray for me? Absolutely, we want to pray for you. But I just want to let you know, you can actually talk to God yourself. And you can hear from God. You have access to him. We, through Holy Spirit, we get to commune. We can connect. We can build a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not just for the handful of extra spiritual people in the church who shake and oh, oh, yes, the Holy Spirit's for them. But the Holy Spirit is for you who would naturally say, I just tend to be more of an extrovert. I like numbers. I like spreadsheets. I don't like people. Y'all can laugh at that. Some of y'all know it's you. Okay? Now the Holy Spirit will help you love people and help you be more excellent with your spreadsheets. And we'd love to have you on our admin team. Um, I'm just saying, I received that, that administrative gift. Come on, Amy said amen. Hallelujah. I'm just saying, you want that person counting the money and helping to steward the budget. You know what I'm saying? I don't just want all the, the feely people be like, oh, want to get money here, get money here, get money here, get money here. Ah. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's room for all the gifts. But the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit, I love the way Bill Johnson says it is, Holy Spirit allows us to experience a down payment of eternity. You know, as we long and we await the coming, the second coming of Jesus, as we await eternity where there is no sorrow and there is no sickness and there is no grieving and there is just a once again unseparated, undeterred, undistracted, unbelievable fellowship with God, that I don't have to wait until Jesus returns to experience God in the here and now. And the truth is, it's not just that it's a great thing to know and the Holy Spirit is a great thing to be aware of. We can't live this life out without Holy Spirit. So I want to talk about that. I'm going to highlight some of these. I don't have time to go through every single one this moment. We'll break some of these down uh, over the course of the next few weeks. But I want to hit some of these things so that you understand not just who the Holy Spirit is, but what does the Holy Spirit do. One of the primary roles of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus. John 16, 14 says, The Spirit will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Spirit goes about glorifying Jesus through our lives in lots of different ways. I'm going to talk about some of those, but it's important to understand. One of the comforts and one of the confidences we can have in Holy Spirit is that Holy Spirit is one with Father and Son. That means, you need to understand, Jesus is the Word, the Word made flesh. You can believe that the Holy Spirit is not going to say anything that is not consistent with this Bible. In fact, it's kind of funny to me when people try to act like the Spirit told them something that's contrary to Scripture. Don't you know that every person that penned a single dot and tittle, a single T, a single word in this Scripture was inspired divinely by the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit inspired these words. So it's kind of like, hey, uh, you know, Holy Spirit, I know you said this, but then you told me this. And it's like we think the Holy Spirit is like, oh, did I say that? Um, it was a really rough day. I, I was, you know, I was kind of mad at people that day. So I didn't mean to say that. No, 
The Holy Spirit is consistent with this word. And so you're not going to come up. Don't, don't try to come up to somebody, whether it's, you know, coming up to me and say, the Holy Spirit told me to do this. We're going to go to the scripture. What does his word say? And then what can happen at times, sometimes we don't fully understand it because they're still understanding it to come. You know, you can spend a lifetime, and people do, and I pray that we would, searching these scriptures, coming to know his word, getting to know him more. You know something about an omnipresent, omniscient God is that we can't figure him all out in a lifetime. It says the, the angels surround him, and they cry, holy, 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 holy. They've been doing that for a long time, and yet they still keep saying it. There's nothing like him. There's nothing like him. But he's consistent with his word because he's come to glorify. He comes to testify of the work of Christ. The reason that we can have Holy Spirit in our lives is because of the work of Christ. And so there's ways that he does that. First of all, Holy Spirit creates new life in us. Regeneration. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with anyone who is born of the Spirit. John 3, 5 through 8. It is the Spirit that brings us alive. Just as Adam came alive when it said God formed him. He formed him from the ground like clay. He breathed into his nostrils. And when, it, when his spirit came alive, when the spirit came into him, it said he was now a living creature. In the same way, we are born again by the work of the spirit. If you have given your life to Jesus, if you have surrendered your life to Jesus, the spirit of the living God is on the inside of you. You can't, you can't function. You're, you're not saved apart from the work of the spirit. Now, I want to draw clarity. We're going to talk about this in a couple weeks. I believe that there is a difference that there are two separate accounts when we talk about being saved in the Spirit of the living God coming into you in salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, yeah. the evidence of praying in tongues. We see this in Scripture. We're going to lay that out. But I want you to understand the Holy Spirit, again, it's not just for the extra people. Do you have to pray in tongues to be saved? No. But you cannot be saved without the Spirit of the living God being in you. Yeah. It comes with it. Second thing is the Spirit transforms us to be more like Jesus. We call this sanctification. The Spirit comes and it begins to transform us. Holy Spirit begins to help us to be aware of how to live. The Spirit empowers us for godly living. One of the things that kind of confused me at times is I would see people, the Spirit is, we, we talk about it, a lot of times we talk about the Holy Spirit, you'll think here about something called the gifts of the Spirit. And, and that can be talked about, and we ought to talk about it, and we will. And there's also the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit that comes out of a life that the Spirit is in. Y'all with me? If you plant a seed into the ground, the fruit of that tree will come out of it. If the Spirit of God is in you, there's certain fruit that should be manifest in your life. And a lot of our lives is learning how do we cultivate this tree. Sometimes the fruit doesn't look right at first. <laughs> You're like, ooh, I need to prune this one. But the Spirit transforms us so that we can walk in the fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit affirms 
our sonship, our daughtership with the Father. It affirms our identity. It says in Romans 8, 5 through 15. I'm sorry, actually in Galatians 4, 6. Uh, and because you are sons of God, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying. It is by the spirit that we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit affirms our identity in Christ. Holy Spirit is all up in the mix. Anything that you experience of the presence of the Spirit of God on this earth until Christ returns is Holy Spirit. Y'all with me? I want you to hear this. I want, I want you to engage this because it's important that you don't just hear it, but that you learn how to walk in it because the Spirit empowers us he said, I'm giving you the Spirit. Holy Spirit is going to come. Jesus exhorted this to the disciples to give you power to be a witness. In Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It's that we are not just called to exist with smiles on our faces like just some like weird jokers or clowns. God actually put us on the planet for a mission. And we can't accomplish his mission without his power. Now, I know, I think sometimes we wonder, why do we need this? You know, I've heard people say, why do I need the Holy Spirit? Well, if you're not on mission and you don't know what you're called to do, maybe you think you don't need it. A lot of times we, we, when we are asking that question, like nobody that has a car and that has to go somewhere Ask the question, why do I need fuel, though? Like, why? Why do we need gas? You know, even if it's not gas, we're getting rid of gas. Why do we need electricity? I just saw these electric cars. They're going to start rolling them out. Self-driving cars. Lord Jesus, help us all. (laughs) All I have to say is we, we, a lot of times we don't realize how much we need something because we're actually not about the mission that we've been sent out to do. We have to recognize God puts you on the planet for a purpose. And when he awakens you to why he puts you on this planet, you will quickly realize that you can't do it in your own strength. You can't. Now, sometimes we think about that in the micro, macro scale. We think of like the big things. And that's what I used to do. When I grew up in that kind of charismatic setting, I would think I'd attach the Holy Spirit to just the expressions of the gifts of these like grand manifestations. You know, I think about getting people, the blind getting their sight or the deaf getting their hearing or someone that, you know, I remember there was someone who had scoliosis, curvature of the spine in the midst of a time of worship. God did a miraculous work and they just literally the vertebrae realigned and this person was walking as if there was no issue at all. I know some of y'all right now, you're like, ooh, that would save me some money, the chiropractor. Lord, I receive it. I'm just going to leave that alone. Keep going, keep going, John. But I would attach it to that, to these like grand miracles. And what I missed is that the Holy Spirit, yes, God works through miracles. But you know, the Holy Spirit will actually like work in giving you wisdom on how to parent. The Holy Spirit empowers me and teaches me how to overcome temptation. The Holy Spirit, if I would lean and trust and walk in the Holy Spirit, can help me when I have bitterness or anger issues. 
or mistrust. Like the Holy Spirit is at work then. The Holy Spirit will empower you to have a right attitude at the job that you don't really want to be at right now. Come on, Zach. <laughs> you said amen. You, you felt that a little too deep. So, oh, mm-hmm. yes. God bless. You are on mission at Chipotle. I bless you, my brother. I bless you. Do not <clears throat> despise small beginnings. Um, but the Holy Spirit is not just about the big or the grand miraculous things. I just want you to know, if you walk with the Lord and 45 years from now, you have children that love Jesus and you're still married to the same person and love them, that is a miracle. Thank you for that clap. I'm just saying, it's a miracle. God wants to work. Holy Spirit wants to be at work in every area of our lives to empower us because it's not just, yes, it's through the preaching, yes, it's through the sharing, but it's through the demonstration of the Spirit at work in us in everyday situations. I love that, uh, I said, Pastor Josh, man, I'm just prophesying, you're the pastor of the YMCA, hallelujah. Uh, he shared last week about Jesus going to the commonplace and about us finding the wells and going to the commonplaces and engaging people. I tell you what, you talk about being a power to be a witness. There is no greater witness than a people who are fully alive in the Spirit of God and lighting in the mundane things. You want to be a witness when everybody else is complaining about something at work. You choose to walk in the Spirit of God and it allows you to be imbued with joy and faith. When everybody else is quivering in fear about what this happened or what happened or what's happening in the Middle East or what the president tweeted, you can walk in the faith and the power of the Holy Spirit to walk with some confidence and courage and integrity rather than just turning on people and demonizing people and and feeding into the frenzy that's in our culture. Holy Spirit will help you if we actually walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. The last thing that I was going to say here is that the other aspect of the way what the Holy Spirit does is the gifts. And I'll talk about that more later. I don't want to jump into that uh, right now. But I want us to understand we cannot live this kingdom life without kingdom power. We cannot live out the kingdom life without God. And God has given himself and revealed himself in this time, in this season, in our lives, knowing that the power comes from the Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit is God. Zach, why don't you go ahead and come up, boss, jump on this guitar. You know, there is, when we were praying about coming and planting this church, there were certain things, you know, that I thought of, and especially just kind of growing up in different settings. And again, I've seen incredible manifestations. God moving in miraculous ways. And I've seen people who honored the Holy Spirit and, and truly walked in the fear of the Lord. And I've also seen abuses. You know, if I allowed abuses or if I allowed a bad experience to ever shape the things that I do or don't do, there wouldn't be a lot for me to do. Right? I mean, how many of you have ever had, like, a bad experience at a restaurant? Did you stop eating? (laughs) Right? 
sometimes we have rough experiences or uncomfortable experiences with Holy Spirit, and then we're just, you know, that's just not for me. And I knew I, we can't, I, I've, I've seen enough in my own life of the realization that if you don't, if you try, if you try to live the life that God has called you to live, first of all, if you, if you don't know Jesus, if he is not your Lord and Savior, if you have not recognized him as your Lord and Savior, I know that you have a calling and a destiny that you sense. I tell you right now, it's not meant to, your destiny is not meant to be slave. You're not destined to be in bondage. You're not destined to be lorded by your emotions and your feelings. You're not destined to be walking the label that's the labels that have been placed on you by other people. You're destined, you were called, you were designed be a son or a daughter of the living God, to walk in his love and affirmation, to walk in his peace and his freedom, to walk in his power, to do amazing things with his family. And you've sensed it, but you get frustrated or you try to make it happen in other ways, and it just doesn't seem to pan out. There's something that's just mixed with it. And it's because you can't accomplish that apart from him. And the reason that he would draw you here this morning and the reason that you would sense this drawing to him is because Holy Spirit has drawn you. And I, I want to encourage you, if he's drawn you, just surrender. Just surrender. It's a great day. It's a great time. To come fully alive. You can only be fully alive. And I say fully alive because without the Spirit of God on the inside of us, we're a shell of what we were meant to be. Literally. A shell. Now what's sad and where we get disheartened is that form without spirit is religion. And many times, some of us, some of you, you grew up in the form of religion. You grew up around the do's and the don'ts. You were told, do this, don't do this. And it was the form that you were given, but you never truly understood power. And so you get frustrated because you're like, man, I've been given this mountain of things that I'm supposed to do. And if I don't do these things, I'm not good enough. And I feel full of shame. And I don't feel like I have any power. And what's even worse is when you have power, but you don't even know how to use it. Like, I know that this isn't anybody in here, but it's like when technology advances, and you're like, I got all this, all this stuff that I have access to. I don't have a clue what to do other than get notifications. They didn't want in the first place. They just want to throw it, right? God doesn't want you to walk in that frustration. I think there's resurrection life that he wants to bring. And I just felt led to say this. There's, there's somebody in here, maybe it's more than one, but I know there's at least one person, and you grew up in the church. And you had genuine encounters with God. 
is the most real encounters even before you were like six years old, like genuine encounters with God. But it was like it was choked by all of the entrapments or just all of the religious things. I'm not talking about God's truth. I'm saying the extra stuff that we people kind of put up sometimes. You know, the Pharisees, it's like they put up all these things. They were, they were bound by certain things. Some of it was from a good place, but some of it was control. And we can have this, this religious framework that instead of being a skeletal structure for a life of Christ becomes a prison. And that religion that you saw, not the power of God, but the religion that you saw almost called, brought to you a place where you discredited the real encounter that you had with Jesus. And when you surrendered your life, whoever I'm speaking to, God is calling you. When you surrendered, God wants you to know it was real. It was real. And so for you, he's not calling you to be filled or, or he's not calling you to get saved again. The work that he did in you as a child is good. Like it doesn't have, the, I just want you to know that when you give your life to Jesus, new life in Christ doesn't have an expiration date. But he wants you to be filled afresh. And he wants you to learn how to walk now, not just in the form but the power of God. Now I need to wrap this sucker up. But I want you to know, over these next four weeks, this is where we're going. Because we will be, I'll say as far as me and my house, at City of Lights, we're going to be a people pursuing the presence of God. Because we know we can't live without it. And wherever you are on the spectrum, maybe you're just like, I'm jumping all in. I'm ready to go. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Ah, oh, like wherever you at. If you're that person or you're on the edge and you're like, I know I should probably go in there. And I hear what you're saying and there's a part of me that I just want it all, but I'm, gosh, I'm fighting fear right now. I want you to know there's grace for you. No shame. There's grace. And I want to encourage you to keep coming over the course of these next few weeks. When we give you these scriptures, I want to encourage you to come. Don't just come to sit. Bring a pen. Bring a notebook. Put it in an, open an Evernote file on your phone. Write these scriptures down. Take the word and come to God. And it doesn't have to, you don't have to pray to him in the King James. You can talk to him. Say, God, I don't understand this. There's people here that want to pray with you. There's people here that want to help you follow Jesus. Go ahead and bow your heads. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're here, that you're drawing people to yourself. We recognize that apart from you, we can't have new life. Holy Spirit, right now, I just come and I lift up those who are here today who have maybe seen caricatures of the faith, they've seen imitations of resurrection life 
just like someone would see imitation or wax fruit, but they've never truly experienced you. Lord, I ask that you would stir in their hearts, Lord, that you would illuminate them. Lord, I just know there's some of you right now that even as you've walked in the room, from the moment you walked in the room, you sensed that God wanted to do something in you today. And it's a day that he's been leading you to for a long time. And so I'm not going to go much longer. I'm not going to try to coerce you. I am going to give you an opportunity. If you're here this morning and you say, I know this is the day that I need to surrender my life. I need to repent of my sin. And I need to surrender my life to Jesus, receiving him as both Lord and Savior, King and Rescuer. I want the Spirit of God in me. I want to be fully alive in this new life. If that is you, I want you to raise your hand right where you are. Hallelujah. Thank you. Lord, I just lift them up right now. Lord, I thank you for your child that you are drawing to you. And, and if that's your prayer, and I just want to encourage us all, Lord, even if you walk with him, I just want us to make a fresh declaration. Say, Father, I repent of my sin. I recognize that it separates me from you. I thank you for your son, Jesus, who paid the price of my sin. Jesus, I recognize that you are the Son of God, that you are the King, you are the boss, and you are my Savior. I repent of my sin, and I surrender my life to you. Have my all. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we rejoice this morning? Hallelujah. Now, I, I know the hands that I saw raised during that moment, and, and, and I want to encourage you. If that's you, please come see somebody at City Central. We want to help you take that next step in following Jesus. If that was you and you didn't raise your hand and you know that that was you, but you prayed that prayer, please do not leave without coming to City Central and talking to someone and asking, how do we take that next step? Now, I want to pray for one more people, and then I'm going to have Monica come up, and we're going to transition. If you are here and you have, maybe you grew up in the church and you grew up among the form. But for most of your Christian walk, you feel like you've just been walking pretty powerless. And, and you're saying, this morning, God, I just want to be filled with you. I want, to, I want to remove any concern. The Spirit of the living God, if you've given yourself to Jesus, if you surrender your life to Jesus, His Spirit is on the inside of you. You hear me this morning? But you say, God, I really want to be filled afresh with your spirit. I, I, I want your spirit to, to be released. Help me to be aware of your presence and learning how to walk in it. You say, I want a fresh filling of your spirit. I don't want to just walk in dry religion. I want to walk in the fullness that you have for me. If that's your prayer, raise your hands. 
Actually, if that's your prayer, go ahead and stand to your feet. And if it's not, there's no condemnation. But if that's your prayer, stand to your feet. I'm standing. I don't know about you guys. I want that. Come on. Let's pray. If you're around, just extend your hands in faith. Lord, we thank you. Lord, I thank you for every person who stood up. And Lord, I thank you for their earnest, honest, and vulnerable prayer. Lord, I pray. Lord, I know that you are a good God who gives good gifts to your children. Lord, you would not tell them to desire something of you that is good, but that you would withhold from them. And so, Lord, I just pray right now as they stand up, Lord, that you'd fill them afresh. Lord, you'd fill them afresh with your presence. Lord, that you would release and help them to be more aware that you would remove every callousness of their heart. Lord, any hardness of heart. Lord, that you would bring them. Lord, even if there's particularly, if there's un. Uh, repented unforgiveness, Lord. If there's areas of unforgiveness, if there's areas of hardness that they've held on to, Lord, I pray that you'd give them the grace to release it so that they can walk in the fullness of your joy, God. Lord, I pray that you would, Lord, you would reignite their nerve endings in the spirit, Lord, that as they read your word, as they hear your name, that they would be moved, Lord God, that it would, it would register, it would resonate in their souls again. Lord, I pray that you would restore their capacity to hear your voice, your still small voice, Lord, that you would restore their sight to be able to see you at work in their lives, Lord God. And Lord, I pray for every one of us in here, God, that you would awaken us, Lord, to your power at work in us, God, in every day. Lord, that you would stir up a hunger that cannot be satisfied outside of your presence. Lord, I pray that you do such a work in us that as Moses said to you, Lord, when you said, go ahead, go into the land of milk and honey, but I can't go with you. Go ahead. And Moses said, we will not go without your presence. God, I pray that you would help us to be so hungry and so passionate and so, so desperate for your spirit, for you, Holy Spirit that we wouldn't want to waste another day without acknowledging you and walking in everything you have. Help us, God. We celebrate you. We honor you. We thank you for what you're doing. And not just those that are standing, but every person in here. In Jesus' name, amen. Give him praise. Thanks again for joining us. Don't forget, you can find us online at cityoflights.church and connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.